Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. Uh, I am an alcoholic. So, today's another solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Um, <laughs> and is apparently the way that I do these things. Um, I'm attempting one more time to record today's episode. I've uh, captured, I don't know, a good two and a half hours worth of my thoughts already and I don't like it I don't they don't they're not where I'm at right now I don't know I guess I get up in my head a lot and um any of you who've listened to more than one of these solo episodes you know you've been privy to uh a lot of my inner monologue nonsense and a lot of it is at least feels like nonsense as I'm saying it. But if I upload it, I at least hope that it has some germ of significance inside of it. And that's, that's why I'm sitting down again right now to talk about, um, where I'm at today. I mean, it's the holidays, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and I, I genuinely feel good, right? Like this is I don't know, my 10th Thanksgiving sober, right? Like I don't I don't lend a lot of credence to putting numbers uh or, or, or trying to like you know, being 10 years sober doesn't make me any more significant, doesn't make the pressure of family and getting together and socializing and and all of the things that doesn't doesn't make it any less dramatic um but it is the number right like if i I got sober in april of 2009 april 22nd to be specific um and i'm pausing there because i don't have a vivid memory of what that first thanksgiving was it was just low-key if i recall and um you know, I've walked through 10 of them or, or coming up on 10 of them this weekend and, uh, leading into it and, and even passing through it, I've felt, um, good. You know, I felt solid in, in my life. I feel solid in my sobriety. I feel, you know, I feel on the surface, I feel fine, but something's bugging me. Right, like the holidays just kind of nag at me, like a like some subconscious scratching thing that you can't quite itch. You know, it's just there, and I don't I don't think about it, or maybe it's it's not that I can't it's that I can't think about it. It's like a subconscious annoyance, a subconscious agitation that I I am best I can just be aware that it's there and um I suppose it's been more at the forefront of my my consciousness in the past and easier to identify as yeah yeah, I'm I'm agitated because of the holidays I'm not doing okay because of the holidays and and whatever not doing okay meant at that time right you know not doing okay comes in many many different forms which we in the program, we alcoholics, we addicts, whatever, will often just 
whitewash or blanket statement away with like my alcoholism, you know, like my alcoholism has me agitated. My alcoholism makes me uncomfortable around my family. My alcoholism makes it difficult for me to go into crowds and shop on Black Friday or, or whatever. I, I think just being a human makes that difficult. But but all of that actually is, is just human, you know, and not doing okay has been more at the forefront in the past. And I think I've been convincing myself that this kind of general ease that I've felt this year, right? Because I'm, I'm recording this after Thanksgiving proper. My family celebrates uh, the weekend after. Um, my parents just kind of did a pragmatic decision a few years ago since it was so difficult to coordinate Thanksgiving around all the other families and, um, you know, expectations. And, and we children were starting to balk at having to go to multiple locations on one day to, to satisfy everyone's desires, especially because my desire has always been to just go to a friend's house. I, <laughs> the family thing has always, uh, always been a little bit more agitating for me. Um, at least since I was a little dumb kid, you <laughs> know, it was more than just, uh, eating a bunch of junk food and throwing the football around with some uncle that I forced to throw a football around with me. Um, point being, I've already walked through the official Thanksgiving. So it's, it's a weird layering effect because on Thanksgiving itself, everything's fine. I'm just kind of doing low key stuff. I, ironically, I, I wound up just going and hanging out with my parents anyway on Thanksgiving, which is, uh, you know, my parents are great. Um, and I'm not just saying that cause I know they listen to this podcast, but they're, they are great. And it's not their fault that I'm so fucking uncomfortable in my own skin that I want to just gouge my eyes out and just sit in a dark room at my house rather than go be social on a holiday. I mean, it's my own fault. And I guess that's part of the gift of my sobriety of my recovery is that I'm aware of it being my fault. You know, I no longer project that outward and have annoyance at, at the, the existence of other family members and friends uh, 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 the existence of, of annoying behaviors in them. Uh, I'm aware that that's my response to it. It's not them being, uh, <laughs> they're not trying to make me uncomfortable. They're, they're just doing whatever the fuck they're doing. And, and it's on me for my agitation. And, um, I, I feel like I danced around something that I, I really, I, I'm not other than, an awareness that left to my own devices. Um, not unlike what I discussed on, on the, the 4th of July episode, if left to my own devices, I'm just going to sit and, and sulk in my room and be bummed out, but also like, and, and isolated, but also like comforted in that. Like, I don't need to interact with anyone. Um, which isn't really a comfort, right? Like I do want to interact with people. I do want to go have social, uh, be social and, and have fun and, and all the family gathering stuff that, you know, that, that, uh, accompanies a holiday. Like I do want to do that, but my body just, I don't know. I can't help but feel that this reaction, you know, the, this body response to holidays and get-togethers is a common thing. I mean, it, the the idea of struggling through the holidays is common, right? Like all addicts and, and um, alcoholics that I'm aware of, right? Like they all struggle at this time of year 
Um, and it's not simply because, especially in America, especially in the culture that, you know, I, we, everyone that I interact with on a regular basis grew up in, you know, it's not just that it's heavily revolved around or contains or, you know, the, the default expectation is, um, lots of alcohol. It's not just that. I mean, if all of the emotional and psychological issues that accompany being an addict were truly able to be boiled down to just the drink, just the single drug or the hand cocktail of drugs or, or whatever. It was easy to boil all that down. It'd be easy to recover. You just remove that shit and, you know, spend a little time, <laughs> I don't know, getting reprogrammed and, uh, you know, you'd move on with your life. Um, and the attrition rate of, you know, rehab centers and, uh, medical places and, and outpatient treatment that, that treat, uh, or, or that, you know, that treat it that way. Well, I, I shouldn't say it that way, that the, the attrition rate from, from those places, like the, the, the relapse rate within a year is so high and it's because it's not that simple. I mean, the, the point of those programs, the point of those, those centers is to try and like break through our thick skulls and understand that it's more than just the alcohol. It's more than just the drugs. There's, there's changes inside of us that we have to do in order to remain sober to, you know, and, and I voice that as remain in recovery. So I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm, I can say with absolute confidence that I'm not the only person who struggles during the holidays and that the struggle manifests in a way that's similar to what I'm describing, where it's just an agitation being in the crowd. It's an agitation having to be around your family, right? Like, I, I don't feel like, I feel like anybody who claims that they have a perfect relationship and there's never any, like, weird whatever like annoyance or or passive aggressive things being said that are not said or or, or whatever you want to put it there's, there's always some of that in every family dynamic that's being a family and anyone who i don't believe anyone who claims that that doesn't exist for them i, I my take on that if i hear that uh and if I hear from someone who's like, no, I have a perfectly pleasant relationship with my family and it's just, that, that doesn't happen. I, I, I that's just self delusion. Um, and as I'm saying that, I, I think it's a straw man discussion anyway. I don't know that I've ever actually met anyone who made that claim. Although maybe some of that is just posturing in, in meetings or whatever, but, um, on their part, not my part. I never posture in a meeting. I'm always straightforward and, and completely earnest. <sighs> But the point being that this year has felt very mellow. This year has felt low-key. This year has felt, you know, I felt solid. My kids are good. You know, I mean, that's part of it. The last few years have been uh, different. Not the last few years, but over, you know, the last seven years or so. <laughs> Why am I dancing around that? Uh, ever since the kid's mom died, um, you know, the, the holidays have had an extra layer of anxiety and sadness and nostalgia and, oh boy, that's what it is. I mean, it, it hasn't felt heavy this year. This year has felt, you know, each year since her passing has felt 
less and less heavy by small degrees and, and, you know, like a, like a roll off curve. It's, it's started to get better and better with time. You know, the, the heaviness has gotten less pervasive. The kids fortitude, their, their ability to just kind of be in the moment and deal with their, you know, their immediate surroundings has improved. They've also gotten older and they're all teenagers or above and, you know, teenagers, have a whole new world of, of things to focus on, you know, regardless of tragedy in their lives. And, and I, I don't know if I've said it on here before, or if it's an, an episode that disappeared into the hard drive, never to be released. But one of the gifts of our big brains is an ability to forget super traumatic events to, to not have them linger in our forefront. And yeah, there's PTSD and there's other psychological issues that come if it's, compartmentalizing and stuffing down and all that, but it's still a gift to be able to forget the pain. Otherwise we would never venture to love again. We would, you know, we would be afraid to take risks anytime anything went wrong the first time we tried it or, you know, one time down the line, you know, that, that, that kind of double-edged ability to forget about the past and not have it drive our entire lives. You know, that's, it's a double-edged thing because it, it does enable us to, you know, move forward through trauma, through uh, uh, tragic events, but also, you know, forgetting our past. Anyone who's familiar with the program, that's also a double-edged, you know, that's a, that's potential danger because if we forget the pain entirely, we're also, um, we're also subject to, you know, repeating it. So I don't know. That's it. It's one of the paradox things in here right like in this instance when it comes to the the sadness and the nostalgia for what's what we've lost the kids are doing better i can just feel it in their body i can you can feel it in their 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 bodies and in the way their bodies that sounds weird the way i said that their auras let's say right like they're not emanating malaise and sadness Right? And there were years where it was just palpable, where it was just, you know, the kids were just not okay. And, you know, of course, they, they nod and say everything's good. But being someone who's known them literally every minute of their lives, I can tell the difference, right? I'm their parent. And that's not like that. And um, this year, and uh, or, you know, whatever degree it is, it's, it's, it's low-key enough. They've got their own set of tools, and they've all... They've all walk through it in a way to come up with a, a, a coping mechanism that so far appears to work for him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if more bumps in the road occur down the line. I mean, there's been, there's been times in the past where, you know, the, the holidays wound up into <sighs> hospitalizations and, and traumatic um, emotional outbursts and, and, you know, that kind of shit. I think maybe maybe underlies my own, you know, it, it adds to my underlying agitation with the holidays. Because, like I said, leading into this weekend, I felt good. I checked in with my kids; they look good, they feel good. They 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 aren't they aren't they aren't shitting me, right? Like I I give them a hug, and I can feel that they are present and full of love, and and whatever sadness is sitting just below the surface is, is, you know, it's a, it's a mark of strength, let's say like they, they are good. And it, you know, as a, 
thoughtful parent, I feel good. You know, when they're feeling good like that, I feel like, okay, because, you know, (laughs) especially as the only parent left to pick up the pieces after an event, like, like what occurred with their mom, I do consciously take on their emotional states during holidays, right? Or at least I have, because there's no, there's no way not to, as a parent, there's no way not to know, Hey, I'm going to have to do some extra, extra heavy lifting here. This is going to be rough. And I have to really set my own shit aside to make sure that they are, you know, to give them the opportunity to be, to be good and solid. And, and, you know, and and I've done that, I've done that so much. And I think maybe that's what, what's going on with me right now is I've done that so much and, and it became my role, right? My role was to give them grace and, and, you know, offer myself to them to help them through even in subtle ways that, that they may or may not ever even recognize, but that's been my role. And without that need, maybe I'm reaching, maybe I'm trying to find, you know, you know, it's that kind of empty nester idea of like, as a parent, you've defined yourself so much around being a parent that when the you know, when the bird has flown from the from the nest, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, uh, it you know becomes challenging to regroup within yourself and, and identify. Okay, well now 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 who am I now if I'm no longer this parent who needs to be, you know, constantly parenting? I guess, <laughs> and um. I, I don't have an answer to that I, other than like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I was a helicopter dad. I wasn't doing like everything for my kids. I mean, I'm sure any school officials will attest that I've been at best a, a checked out sarcastic uh, a nuisance as a parent rather than like, you know, someone who's getting heavily involved. That's just kind of who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about their emotional states over everything. And, uh, but at the same time, it has been a manner in which I've defined myself and continue to define myself. But um, when they are no longer in duress, I guess that's the part where I'm I'm having to recalibrate my, you know, how I function in that. And uh, all of this is to to get it to the point of saying, you know. I feel good about the holidays. This has been, a, a, you know, on on measure one of the more low key uh, fest or uh, uh, holiday weekends so far. And I'm not even, you know, uh, uh, minimizing when people are like, "How are you doing?" I'm good because I am good. People, you know, you know, people who know me check in, and people who care for me, they, you know, give me that like earnest, like, "Are you sure you're good?" I I really am. I'm doing good, but at the same time my fucking mouth broke out with like three fever blisters. So something's going on stress-wise underneath the surface that I'm not even conscious of, right? I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, uh, 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 fever blister free for months. And then coming into this weekend, like all of a sudden looking in the mirror this morning, especially, I mean, they've been there for about a week now. It's just gross. And it's the kind of, body response that I've had since I was a kid kid, right? Like I respond to high stress by breaking out in fever blisters. There was, there was a, 
there was a stretch I recall. It was, you know, I mean, I was a little, little kid, and I have this vivid memory of my lips just being caked with canker sores. Um, and it must have been traumatic because I remember it, right? Like, in my brain, it was both the upper and lower lips were just all canker sores, all, all, all fever blisters, which probably isn't true. It was probably just a massive one on the top, massive one on the bottom. And, and like that, anytime you smile, you crack and then the blood comes out. Like I used to get bloody, bloody ones. And that's gross. That's gross. And thinking back, um, I'm guessing that that time period, even though in my, you know, shaky temporal memory system, you know, you know, like little kid memories just pop out as being separate from time and then when you try and place them with within the actual timeline of your life you're like man that must have been here but it felt like at least 10 years later and that's what these memories feel like to me is like i have fairly clear memories of this but i don't have fairly clear memories of any of the other time back then so this must have been later but my guess is my body was responding to (laughs) my body was responding to being molested sexually molested uh and i'm pretty sure that my mouth breaking out in fever blisters constantly at that time was probably my body's response to that in at least to some extent and the best part about the way memories work at least the way i treat them is that even if the timing on that if 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 there was some ability to go back and actually check maybe if that weren't accurate the narrative that that fills in my in my memories and in my conscious works and the point is, my body responds to stress by breaking out in fever blisters. That's right, ladies. <laughs> my mouth gets canker sores when I get stressed out. Um, so yeah, I am doing good. This this holiday has come and is passing with... Well, I guess I should knock on wood because... I'm recording this before the family Saturday celebration, so I don't know. Maybe shit will go sideways tonight, and I'll come back with a with an epilogue. I'm like, you guys, I was way off base. This was the worst. <laughs> but I, I sincerely doubt it. You know, because I, I register this as growth, as you know, the years of recovery I've got under my belt, enabling me to have a. a you know, enabling me to to think about traumatic stuff and not have it become triggering, not have it like wash over, just letting it wash over me and pass through me, you know, feeling emotions and letting them reside in my consciousness for a, a time and, and then letting them wash out and, and fade away. Um, whatever it is underlying here, you know, it it, it, it most likely is just holidays right like all of this time is stress inducing right it's stress inducing for everyone i don't know what it it's the weirdest approach to um what's supposed to be joyous celebrations that that we here in i don't know i i resist saying late stages capitalism but it sure feels like you know we're 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 kind of milking every second for as much maximum profit as we can. And it just pervades every aspect of our lives anymore. Even, you know, so that even just 
getting together with family has this weird compartmentalized feature to it where it's, it's no longer, at least my sense of it is it's no longer the organic, Hey, this is a, a time to, to really truly reconnect with people we don't see and loved ones. We, we rarely get to connect with and talk to, and you know, maybe people that we have issues with, but we can set them aside and, and have a true loving moment, you know, Hallmark movie nonsense, you know, to whatever extent that that genuinely existed 20, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, who fucking knows? It definitely doesn't feel the same. I mean, I, everything is becoming plastic, if you know what I mean, or at least that's the sense. And so there's this growing, I don't, I don't know what to call it, like um, speeding up, right? Like everything just feels faster. I mean, there's jokes about it every year, right? Like we start celebrating or having the Christmas stuff come out earlier and earlier, right? Like Halloween stuff came out in September and, and there isn't a whole lot of Thanksgiving rick-rack, but brick-rack, is that right? I don't know. But like the Christmas stuff, like everything starts so much sooner. Like we're, we're, we're trying to monetize nostalgia in a way that's starting, it seems to me, to really... Uh, invade our just conscious approaches to everything in our lives or subconscious approaches, I suppose, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, that feels like I'm, I'm stretching for some bigger overarching reason for why I feel stressed now since my kids aren't actively in duress, but I, I feel like it's all part of the same thing, right? Like, yeah, I, I, my, my fever blisters and agitation aren't because I see too many ads for Black Friday and I find that ridiculous because I do find that ridiculous. I, I remember Black Friday just being this anecdotal idea that people just kind of referenced because, hey, oh yeah, people seem to be shopping more on this extra day off once a year. And, and it went within 10 years from just this kind of, you know, the, the news story at the end of the, the news spot broadcast, you know, rather than the... <laughs> <laughs> the squirrel on water skis, they would just say, oh, and Black Friday, shopping again, you guys. And now it's this event that's planned for and, you know, it's been backed up to the point where now Black Friday shopping begins the middle of the day, Thanksgiving Day, right? Like, whatever. That's my old man yelling at clouds commentary. And it's adding to the stress, I feel, for sure. But it would be, it would be, uh, wrong to put all of my agitation on on external factors like that whatever it is that's causing me the underlying tension and discomfort that's manifesting as these two gross fucking canker sores in the corner of my mouth god damn it on the edge of my lips whatever that is that's me, right? Like, and, and if I take a moment and honestly reflect, it's the same agitation that's been there since forever, you know? I mean, let's talk Thanksgivings. Thanksgivings have never been uh, completely stress-free, even when I was a kid, right? I know a minute ago I just referenced the idea that it was fun and I would go play throw the football around but but honestly I think the memory I'm having there was Super Bowl Sundays right like Super Bowl Sundays which again used to be just 
a, a kind of a, a random thing that you know was fun and wasn't co-opted into a billion dollar a year industry good lord i i gotta stop yelling at clouds but even as a kid i mean i don't i don't have vivid memories of thanksgiving until we moved from cleveland to to boise and that was you know when i was 11 years old and and i think at that point i started like taking the holiday to visit my mom who lived in in los angeles and and those were always very mm, unmeasured depressing trips right she had no money not like a little bit broke she was broke as fuck I, I inadvertently glanced at her ATM statement once, like right after I arrived to visit, because I would go two, three times a year. Because you know, I mean, that's what you do. Parents don't live in the same state. You got to go visit one of them, or you, know, you got to split your time somehow. And there was no way I was splitting it fifty-fifty. She couldn't afford it, and I didn't want it. And I, I took a glance at her checking account once, and she was grabbing cash for my visit. And, you know, I, I was dumbstruck by how little money she had in her account, knowing she had paid, I don't know, I was a little kid, I didn't know how much plane tickets cost. I assume they cost about 500 bucks to fly there, though. Um, the point is, you know, I would go from a comfortable middle class with my, my dad and, and go to this little tiny apartment with my mom and and would do Thanksgiving. I must have done that a handful of times, you know, so I was always compartmentalizing this this notion of like, Ugh, this isn't this isn't okay, but you know, it's affable kid, right? Like you gotta you know, stiff upper lip kinda 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 kid and you know, you just make the best. I think that's what all divorced kids do, right? You just kinda make the best of it. And um <laughs> I at least also absorbed this need to make sure that she was okay. So it was it had the double layer of like me coming to visit wasn't just it was visiting, right? She would try and make it seem like I was living there, and she'd like use terminology like you know this is your home, and and I'm like this isn't my home. This is a fucking <laughs> it's a mattress in a one bedroom apartment that I come lay on for a few weeks out of the year. But sure, mom, this is my home, and she's got all sorts of problems and troubles that, you know, looking back, I can, I can see how they were manifesting in our relationship then and in her behavior and in her life. But as a kid, you don't see that. All you see is massive economic disparity between parents and kind of, I would kind of take that on myself as something I needed to keep to myself. You know, I'd I'd return home and be like, no, it was, it was great. It was fun, you know? (laughs) And, um, so I don't know. I don't know how many years I went through with that. At least two, I would say. And then at some point, I would just stay here with my with my with my parents, with my dad and 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 and, and my stepmom, and we would go do other. Uh, I guess they weren't married yet. My dad and his girlfriend, uh, and we go visit friends, and that was more fun, you know. And and then somewhere in there in my teens, I think I got the additional. Uh, the bonus uh, enjoyment of uh, starting to smoke a lot of pot and sneaking some liquor. So that really turns the holidays into something fun, right? Like everyone can attest to that. Like once you are allowed to start drinking at the table, Oh boy, that's when the holidays really kick in. And, and you know, that's, (laughs) that's why this becomes such a, a, a focused thing in, any recovery program, any recovery system, any, you know, AANA, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know what else would be directly applicable. Oh, a, I guess Overeaters Anonymous, especially, I suppose, around a, a holiday geared towards eating. All of that becomes the focus of like, how do I make it through the holidays? Because, yeah, I just walked my way into describing my own experience with uh, coping with the holidays, you know, improving my coping you know, at the time. It didn't feel like I was improving my coping. It was just fun. You know, everybody drinks and, and has a good time and gets a little loose and, and it's fun. And that, you know, that, that was no different for me than for probably anyone listening to this. Uh, at least at first. Right. But at some point, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hesitant to say at some point it became more about the drinking because that that's weirdly vague. Because yeah, drinking at the holidays became more about drinking and less about the holidays. But that's because every day of my life became more about drinking than whatever the fuck was going on. Right? Like I wasn't wasn't present, and I suppose the the holidays become I wasn't present anywhere at any time, but I suppose the holidays become this like beacon of, uh, awareness of that, right? Cause you, you, you do have an expectation of joining in a group and having your friends and family around and maybe there's lots of pictures taken and people, you know, you don't get to talk to, but once or twice a year. So this becomes like the defining aspect of your relationships. And, and so, yeah, it, it becomes more glaring when it's a holiday moment like that, when you're focused more on like, in my case, sneaking more liquor, right? But just getting more liquor in your body becomes the focus. Um, it stands out more on a holiday, and that's you know that's why we we focus on it in the programs and and focus on like how do we deal with the holidays, um, which is you know a common refrain in meetings throughout you know Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve. You know how do you what do you do to do with the holidays, right? Like the answer is always the same: have a plan. Don't feel trapped. Don't go anywhere where you feel trapped in, in, you know, at the party or at the house or whatever. Um, be upfront and, and, um, honest with the people you're with and be like, Hey, I may have to just check out. Don't take it personally. Um, you know, and, and always the answer is don't fucking drink, right? Like if you have a problem drinking and you're going to go to an environment where there's a lot of drinking and you feel like you can't handle it, probably don't go or don't go alone or, if worse push comes to shove and you, you know, you're, you're in a family that you, you can't get out of it or whatever, or if you, you know, you're still too wrapped up in codependency to, to flex your own, like, Hey, my needs are important for me. Sorry, everybody. If the bottom line comes down to it, don't fucking drink, right? Like the answer is always don't fucking drink. Don't fucking drink. You know, there's, there's one fundamental principle that underlies all of this program, all of sobriety and recovery. And that's, if you don't drink, you won't get drunk. You can you can hang everything in the rest of your life on that simple principle. If I don't drink, I won't get drunk. Boom. The rest of my life just rolls out from there. And that's how I always respond when someone's like, how do you guys make it through the holidays? Uh, just don't drink, right? Like, it, sorry, I shouldn't say it just. Because just don't drink is probably the biggest fucking problem for a lot of us, especially in early in early sobriety. But it's still the answer. Um, but um, you know, like I like I said already, I mean, I've I've got 
basically 10 of these under my belt, or this will be the 10th, I guess, since technically we move our celebration to later today. And I've gotten adept at that. Of, you know, being present in myself, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm this, this notion of being present has really become an underlying principle that I, I hadn't been consciously thinking of until very recently that like the big difference between what I was like before I was in recovery, especially when I was drinking, but even, even before that, um, the big difference between who that person is and the person who I am now is that I am more present. I am more present in my life. And that is a summary or, or a way to uh, identify, um, how I'm doing on a moment to moment daily day to day basis in my recovery is how present am I feeling, right? If, if I am present and I am capable of understanding what's going on with me in a moment, then I, I feel like that gives me I'm pausing there. It doesn't give me. I feel when I'm present, I feel like I'm in recovery. And when I'm not present, I'm not present, right? Like I'm aware of that after the fact. And when I become aware of moments when I wasn't present, I'm like, ooh, that's what's going on? What's going on with me there, right? Like I feel like that's the way this manifests for me. Like even in sobriety, you know, like there's, there's, you know, there's sitting on your hands and just white knuckling through not drinking, right? Which I don't recommend to anyone. I did that for uh, three and a half years and, and it was, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't doing anything positive to make myself emotionally stable, spiritually fit, you know, whatever that means to you. It meant to me was I, I wasn't in my body. I wasn't present in my life. I just, uh, I don't know. I focused on things external to myself at the expense of my own condition and it blew up in my face. Eventually I drank and, and even in the recovery that I have today, that potential is still there. And that, that's what recovery means to me is seeking that constant presence in my life. Being present in my life makes me aware of what's going on in my what's going on in my life in my consciousness to the extent that I can be aware of that and being honest about it and being you know um, willing to look at it the good and the bad and be like okay this is where I'm at how do I get through the next few minutes so that you know hopefully especially if it's if it's a negative thing if I'm sad if I'm depressed if I'm, I'm feeling anger or uh, uh, hatred how do I get through this moment so that you know this doesn't become an agitation that underlies and, and causes me to be chaotic and you know I'm, I'm always 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 with an eye to relapse right like how do I make sure whatever this current agitation inside me doesn't walk me down some fucking sideways path and I, I wind up with a glass of whiskey in front of me right like to me that's always at the forefront that's that's what I'm talking about this today because even though I feel present even though I've been you know this this holiday season has not manifest in a way that caused any you know outward duress obvious problems I got the fucking canker sores I got these goddamn uh, 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 fever blisters in my mouth on my lips ladies 
so I'm just, I'm just being honest, I guess, like as present as I feel, and maybe this is just a limitation to myself in my current condition, right? In my current awareness of my own conscious condition, you know, there's, there's still agitation under there. It's interesting. I just had like a million thoughts rushing through my brain, you know, and they're all, you know, firing left and firing right. And, and all of it just culminates and I just got to be calm and take a breath and, you know, try to stay present, right? I was going to say try to relax, but that's not even accurate. I just, I just need to be here and I just need to walk through today, right? Like today is the holiday for, uh, for my family and I just got to walk through it. And again, it's no different than any, you know, I, I, my last podcast was about bummer Sundays, right? Like there's no difference between today and any bummer Sunday in terms of like what I need to do is I need to take a deep breath and I need to stay in my body, stay present in, in what's going on in front of me. Not, not try not to like fantasize off into some weird condition, right? Like I, I don't know if I don't, I assume everyone does this, but maybe it's just me where I just wind up going down a rabbit hole of like what ifs and things that could have been better in my life and ways to get the fuck out of whatever's going on today, especially when I'm stuck in, you know, mindless conversations at, at a, a holiday dinner table, right? Like I'm, I'm so poor at, I'm so poor at, at, uh, chit chat and it's to my, um, disadvantage, right? Like I, I, I wish I was just more capable of being like genuinely interested in, in, in the minutia of other people's lives. I'm not, I, I don't really believe anyone is, but I, I, it's a, it's just a social norm to be affable and friendly. And it's, you know, there's a, a, you know, how's the weather? Yeah. Okay. And it's funny because those are like the little pimple manifestation of my deeper agitation. And, and it's me, right? Like I, 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 interact with people, you know, coworkers and acquaintances and especially a big holiday celebration. You know, you go to a little party and people are like, how's your job? Dude, you don't, how's my job? Nobody fucking cares about my job. Nobody, I don't, nobody cares about your job, right? Unless you're one of like, you know, a handful of very, very interesting careers. Nobody gives a fuck. I mean, unless something truly funny or exciting happened at work, don't talk about it. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> That's just some advice for you out there. And, uh, you know, a more affable person can just roll through that. And, you know, I mean, that, that not maybe. I was about to say maybe that's one of my character flaws. No, for sure it's one of my character flaws. Is I, you know, I wear that shit on my sleeve too much and I, I come across as an asshole. So be it, you know. I uh, guess that that's part of why I'm talking into this microphone right now is to just kind of process that aloud, right? Like 
whatever the agitation is, it's always there. It's always been there. And being sober today, being in recovery today doesn't make it less present. Doesn't make it less, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not underlying, you know, there's, there's not less of it underlying my present condition. It's just how I, um, respond to it. You know, I don't have the same coping mechanisms, right? I, I consciously removed that coping mechanism of just getting fucking hammered and checking out. I removed that uh, almost a decade ago, uh, or I guess over a decade ago. Um, and now I'm stuck having to be present. And that's what recovery is, is I, I get to, instead of looking at it as stuck as stuck being, I get to be present and I get to experience the agitation and I get to breathe through it and I get to <laughs> admit that I'm feeling it and, you know, I'm going to be all right. This is going to be all right. You know, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to have fun, you know, with the air quotes around the word fun who knows what fun is really right? Like fun is very dependent on the moment and the situation and what's going on. You can have fun in the most unexpected locations and you can have a terrible time in where you're supposed to have fun. So I'm going to try to have fun and I'm just going to be present and, um, I'm going <laughs> to keep putting stuff on my lip cause it is drying out and it becomes a little uncomfortable and, it's interesting because agitation leads to these damn lip sores and then the lip sores become a constant agitation. So it just kind of feeds on itself, which as I just said, I've been dealing with since I was a little, little kid. So you'd think I'd be, (laughs) you'd think I'd be a little better at it, but no, it just kind of is there. Um, but, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to, to wrap this up with some, I don't know, all-encompassing words of wisdom. And uh, I don't really have any except I just try to be present, right? Like, I'm going to be present today. I'm going to I'm gonna be present into Christmas. You know, probably, probably the next few of these solo episodes will just be about this same topic of being agitated in the hol- holiday t- season, um, you know, and as I've alluded to, as I've talked about, like the the additional stress of having to hold my children's hands through this period still lingers in me, and and I'm still trying to to identify exactly what my role is now that it's no longer uh, in an emergency type condition, right? An emergency state, and I know the answer to that. And the answer is to still just be there and and offer my heart but not overwhelm them with the the need to keep bringing it up right like there's there's a point at which reminding people of traumatic events is more detrimental than just trusting that they're doing as good as they claim to be and what they say they're doing um which is a weird tangent to try and end on but i suppose in that same regard i am not doing as well as I claim to be. So that would be an inverse uh, messaging that I've just uh, walked myself into. But at the same time, 
all of it is okay. I am here. I am living my life. I'm going to go upstairs and finish preparing the food that I'm bringing for the day. I'm going to put on a nice shirt. And I'm going to smile. And I'm going to be friendly to the people who I love in my life. Because underlying all of my annoyance and agitation and just lack of comfort inside my own skin is an awareness that that's just me and letting that shit rule my life isn't going to help and and letting agitation take over isn't going to do anything but lead me out the fucking door and down into a bottle and I'm going to do what I've I've learned in the last 10 years to do. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to focus on the things that make me feel connected to the people around me. And I'm going to roll with it. Because ultimately, the holidays are fucking beautiful. I love the holidays. I love the feeling of nostalgia. I love the warmth. You know, those little glimmers that, you know, penetrate my my cynical agitated state that make me feel so full and full of filled and full of love i'm just gonna try and manifest as many of those as i can so i uh i hope you had a good thanksgiving i hope you managed to stay sober and if you didn't that's not the worst thing right like life is long and we only get one chance to get through it and so you know just keep plugging away and and try not to drink if that's where you're at and if and if you've got recovery under your belt you know my heart goes out to you as well my heart goes out to everybody and especially in this time of year right like it's that double-edged it's beautiful and wonderful and agitating and sad and, and all the things but you know we can all get through this together so i appreciate i appreciate you listening to me ramble this this time and if you didn't make it all the way through, I still appreciate you, but you'll never, ever hear about it. And um, if you want to reach out to me, you find me on Facebook. You can you can reach out to me through the Contact Us link on the Eavesdrop Podcast Network website. But, um, you know, I hope you, I hope you survive these holidays. And uh, definitely, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Drop.